Hello, my name is Patricia and this is the Poetry P podcast. It's that time of year again. What time, I can hear you asking. Well, it's time to put together my nominations for a variety of awards. Touchstone, Pushcart, Red Moon Anthology, for example. It's one of my favourite times because it's always a treat to tell people the good news that I'm nominating them. And I think it's also a great way to honour those poets that I'm nominating by reading the pieces they've written. So today we're going to hear the haibun that are being nominated. Soon I'll read you the haiku, but we still have one more submission period left for haiku, which ends on the 15th of November. So if you're listening in real time, do get a wiggle on. If I don't have your poems, they can't be considered for the nominations. I also want to give you a quick reminder of the video prompt for Poetry P. It's on our YouTube channel. It's another chance to have your poem featured on the podcast and to be considered for nomination. Do leave your poems in the comments, please. And just so you know, there will be no video prompt in December. And in more news, there's now a Poetry P WhatsApp channel. The link's going to be in the show notes. It would be great if you could join us. Just in case you're worried, I don't get to see your telephone number, but you will get to see our latest news. So today I'm going to start with a haibun that I can't put forward for an award because it came from the submission period in which I required haiku by other poets to be included in your haibun. And unfortunately, if the haiku was written before 2023, the haibun cannot be entered for the Touchstone Award, which is a shame. And unfortunately, this next haibun falls into the category of haiku written well before 2023. So who wrote this haibun? It's Intern by Thomas Fester. And you'll be able to read it in our next journal, which should be out by the end of the year. Intern The Imperial Valley near California's southern border. New Year's celebrations for 1920 lately over. Hatsuyu Ado is born to parents fresh from Imperial Japan, fruit growers in the desert. At seven, she leaves California with her younger sister for their ancestral home on the southern island of Kyushu. An understudy to tradition, she works in the rice paddies on her family's small farm. Summer waves rolling towards Japan. Pacific Ocean. Ten years later, she returns to Southern California. It's arranged for her to marry Tetsuo Mori, a foreman of a prosperous nursery in Los Angeles. Within a month of their daughter's birth, the young couple are removed from lush garden to spare barracks in a concentration camp the government has carved out of an Indian reservation near Gila, Arizona. Morning in a Zen temple. Winter-like silence. 
rattlesnakes and scorpions, watchtowers and barbed wire. Hatsuyu and Tetsuo survive it all to rebuild a new nursery in Torrance, with five kids in tow. After Tetsuo's untimely death, Hatsuyu plants flowers daily and continues to oversee operations at the nursery. She travels to Greenland to see the puffins and the midnight sun, the Serengeti plain to witness the Great Migration, and she starts publishing haiku in Japanese newspapers. My stepmom uses an old-fashioned letter opener to unseal the box from the storage closet and hands me a crisp, cloth-bound volume. Unmet, my step-grandmother becomes my ancestor. A waterfall spills the sound of heavy rain in the dry heat. Thank you very much, Thomas. I do love a longer haibun, and I really enjoyed getting to know the haiku of Hatsuyu Mori. The first two haiku in this haibun, in fact. And if you'd like to read that, it will be in the journal at the end of the year. And so on to the haibun that we will be nominating for the Touchstone Awards. And they all come from Poetry P's first journal of 2023. The first one is Tower of Souls by Edward Cody Huddleston. Every time I see it, it gets taller, or I get closer. Light flows into it from all directions, pulling me closer, an inverted lighthouse. There are runes on the walls that spell the names of childhood dogs and classmates and grandparents. If a person is a collage of everyone they've met, it must follow that we're all at least a little dead inside. Vultures sit sentinel on spires, watching me. I'm still too rare for them. I walk around the tower, cursing it in languages I don't speak. A personal tower of Babel. There's no door, no other obvious entrance. You just have to wait for the light to take you, preferably by leaving your soul under your pillow like a baby tooth. Today, I am the moth. Low winter sun. I do wish I had been better organised and had the time to get Cody to read this to us, because honestly, he's got the most amazing voice. Perhaps he'll be persuaded to come onto the podcast next year and read to us. The next one is Streak Lightning by Reed Hepworth. He runs down the street naked, his little body wet from the bath. When he reaches our house, he stops and pivots, bypassing the yucca plants and heads straight for the heart of the garden. The newly bloomed daffodils. When he is done, only one flower remains upright. 
swan song, before the whipping, a taste of freedom. Thank you, Reed. And incidentally, Reed has given us the video prompt for this month, November 2023. You'll find it, as I said, on the Poetry P YouTube channel. It's absolutely gorgeous. Warnings by Maureen Kingston After Memorial Day, there's a numbing predictability to the violations she enters into the citation database. Driving under the influence. Fender benders at the rec centre. Bike versus car. Car versus ditch mower. An endless stream of tickets issued for low-watt amusements. Booming car trunks. Mailbox beheadings. Public urination. The complex traffic catastrophes she craves won't return until Labour Day weekend. High noon. Bright yellow caution tape. The 7th of the 7th, 1985. And the 7th of the 7th, 2022. Date of birth and date of infraction blur together on her intake screen. Has she accidentally repeated month and day? She rolls her neck, stretches, then rechecks the original ticket. No errors. Most likely a case of the birthday heebie-jeebies. The ten days surrounding birth dates increase the prospect of a person committing minor offences. Speeding, failing to yield, running red lights. She's reported the phenomenon to her supervisor. He didn't know what to do about it, but thought it was an interesting discovery. Heat shimmer. Sound and picture out of sync. Now that's interesting. Can any of you vouch for Maureen's assertion? Have you had the case of birthday heebie-jeebies? I'm going to have to think back. I can't remember any, but who knows? I'm quite old. And if you can hear the pattering of rain in the background, we're actually enjoying quite a storm here in Zurich at the moment. And I'm going to have to go out in it in a minute. Who were? A beach is no place for a grave. Alison Whipple My dog and I meander down the sand, water surrounding our ankles. The wind has pummeled us for two days, but at least it's cool. A mile from the hotel, I debate walking further, not knowing if I would ever set foot on this beach again. A red-haired woman is walking in my direction, she stops, bends down to inspect a lump in the sand. By its size, a sandling. By her expression, dead. She tries to guide it with her foot towards the rising tide. No shovel, nor even a decent piece of driftwood to try digging a hole. And even if she could, children toss up the sand all day, and coyotes scavenge the shoreline at night but every time her toes push the bird corpse into the water, the waves push it back to the shore. 
The sandaling is freshly dead. I see a streak of blood in the water. Ready to offer assistance, I realise that my dog is too interested. And the last thing I need is for her instinct to kick in and make an even bigger mess. I turn us back toward the hotel, and tears form in my eyes, out of sympathy for this woman trying to do the right thing, and out of guilt that I cannot help. So I let myself imagine her finding the right wave, that the gulf finally carries the dead sandaling out to the depths, that the strong undertow sends the corpse to oblivion, that the blood that stains the water fades in the noon sun. I tell myself that is how the story ends. On the cusp of hurricane season, oil rigs in the distance. I don't know about you, but can you feel the depth of emotion Alison has added to this hybun with her rather bleak haiku? The Comfort of Strangers by Jenny Shepherd. On the bus home from a doctor's appointment, I sit behind a woman with a huge bouquet wrapped in cellophane. As we both stand up to get off at my stop, the bouquet brushes against the neck of a woman seated in front of her, chatting to another woman to her right. The seated woman whirls round, and she and her companion then subject the woman with the flowers to a stream of abuse. Startled and obviously upset, she apologises several times. As we get off the bus, I glower at the two and exclaim, What horrible women! I then turn to my companion and say, What was wrong with them? It was obviously an accident, and you said sorry. Almost in tears, she reaches out to me with her spare hand and grasps mine. Thank you so much, she whispers. To take her mind off it, I ask her who the flowers are for, and she tells me her family are coming round for dinner later, so she wanted things to look nice. I wish her a lovely evening, and we part at the zebra crossing. River Thames, floating autumn leaves, touch for a moment. I've heard Jenny say that she sometimes worries that her short-form poetry can be a bit British. And I'll only say this, Jenny. Yes, maybe it is. But doesn't that bring a little something to the poem? And anyway, I'm a fellow Londoner. And you can take the girl out of London, but you can't take London out of the girl. Jenny, thank you for that little picture from my hometown. Can you hear that storm outside? It's getting worse. Thank you to all the poets featured on today's podcast. Thank you to everyone who sent us Highborn in 2023. I hope you're all on the mailing list because there are going to be some changes to the submission reading periods next year and exciting news on the journal front. Those of you on the mailing list will get the news first. And of course, only poets on the mailing list get invited to submit to the flash coup. And there will be more invitation-only opportunities in 2024. Make sure you don't miss out. Thank you for joining me 
Thank you for helping me to make this Poetry Poo podcast the number one haiku podcast globally. I'm so very grateful to you for that and for your company. I'll see you next week for more poetry, but until then, keep writing. And don't forget to go to the show notes and follow the link to join Poetry P on WhatsApp. Oh, and of course, the high one are not going to be on there because you will find them in the Poetry P journals. Ciao!